Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome back for another episode of the Fantasy Football from Up North podcast. I'm your host, Clayton, and today I have a very special guest joining me. This guy's one of the hardest working podcasters out there, loves the Niners, and is one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Without further ado, let me bring him in, the host of the 49ers Rush podcast, John Chapman. What is going on, Clay? It is great to be with you. Uh, I, I was saying right before we hit record how great it is to see your beautiful face, man. Uh, it's been a minute. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Like I said, just busy with busy with life, busy with uh, kids and all that stuff like that. But we... Uh, where are you plugging away? It should be pretty good. We got some got an announcement I want to talk about. Uh, what are we doing for the draft this year? Oh, uh, we're, we're doing the biggest of the big for the draft. It's in Vegas this year. And, you know, the question that, you know, I do the 40 Irish Rush podcast, which is 49 centric. And the question I asked was, man, how do we throw the best draft party for 40 Niners fans? throw expenses out the window um so we rented a club on the strip at mandalay bay like a real kind of like posh whatever club and we reached out to some 49ers players so we got fred warner and elijah mitchell coming out to hang out with us we're going to be broadcasting live through the entire day one and day two of the nfl draft giveaways open bar open food it's going to be incredible uh and if you want to participate in that and you know clay's going to be there i'm going to be there lots of people eat sleep fantasy's going to be there it's going to be incredible uh head to 49ers rush uh if you want to get those tickets 49ers rush uh we still have tickets available yeah that's all i'm so excited for that we've been uh, i've been counting down the days so we're just a couple weeks out so hopefully uh that's what we're kind of brought you on this episode today because we did this episode pretty much exactly the same time last yes. year and uh, I haven't told you this, John, but we're going to want to talk to you about a few things that you had mentioned last year uh-oh, with that uh-oh. quarterback class. So, <laughs> um, not nothing major. I got to say, I, I was pretty pretty impressed once I went back and listened to the whole thing. Uh, do you remember? I think we the, did all right. I think we did yeah, all right on that one. Yeah, I think you did too. Uh, so, do you still feel? Well, let's talk with Trevor Lawrence. You said he was in a tier of his own. Yes. Like, I mean, is this the guy that you said you called him a stud? Do you still feel the same way about him? Man, um, how what a difference Urban Meyer makes. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was a total just crap show from the start. And yeah, my faith in Trevor Lawrence has dissipated considerably. I mean, you, that touchdown to interception ratio, a negative touchdown to interception ratio is never good. The amount of missed throws that he had, you know, I just hope he wasn't ruined. We'll see what he does with the formidable coaching staff this year and a lot more weapons around him. But I, I'm going to be honest with you right now. Trevor Lawrence is not the quarterback I'm most excited about that draft class. Not even close anymore. 
Well, then we'll go to the next guy on your list. Let's talk about um, Wilson. How did Wilson's, you? How did you think he did? He showed all the flashes that we were hoping he would show, and so like that that translated from you know BYU to where he is now. Like that was it. The issue he had were routine, you know, kind of ground balls over the middle. He couldn't make layups. And so one of the things you're going to have to have with Zach Wilson, if he's going to become a you know signature starter in this league, you've got the highlight reels, you've got the crazy throws, the extending the play. He's got to trust the pocket more, and he's got to start making those singles and layups. You know, to take the easy stuff, which he just could not do. And it was a drive killer. When you watch the Jets on offense, you would scratch your head for three straight drives, and then he'd freaking throw a you know 50-yard bomb on the money while getting hit. So he's just got to the fundamentals, the basics of the game. He's got to change that and adapt to that. Just a quick question for you. What do those, what do the jets need to do this, with this draft class? I believe they got picks. I want to say four and seven, I believe. What are, are they going to do to build around Wilson? Yeah. O-line. Uh, I would go O-line and I would go wide receiver. That's what I would, you know, trade back one of those and get a wide receiver along those lines or an edge guy, you know, that they're, Robert Sala, that defense, they could definitely go edge. So I could see him going O-line, D-line with their first two picks. But personally, I would trade one of those picks back, collect a haul, draft a wide receiver early, and then this deep edge class. But Robert Sala is going to get an edge guy. It's going to happen. Nice. Okay, next, tell, tell me about him, Trey Lance. I What we saw... And it was limited, right? He only had two starts. One was Arizona and his throwing hand. He had a broken finger and that struggled, but still saw some things. Almost beat Arizona when they were the best team in the NFL on the road. And then you had the Houston game, which, good gosh, struggled first quarter, then lit it up. And whatever you wanted out of Trey Lance, you got to see in that small microcosm of a game. And I know I'm a 49ers guy. I know I'm a Trey Lance guy. I have been since way before the 49ers traded up to get him. There is no doubt in my mind, if there was a quarterback, if I had to redo my quarterback rankings, Trey Lance would be at the top of the list, and it's not even close um, out of this draft class. Yeah, I went back into our YouTube video that we did do this, and the comments we were getting on it um, was was insane. Riley was uh, quite busy when he was answering them <laughs> in regards to that, so... Um, uh, then Justin Fields and Mac Jones, we'll just talk about briefly. I thought, Matt, I thought Jones was amazing. I thought he, he played very well. Yeah. And I think this was the critique and we'll see this, some of this in this class. Yeah. Jones, uh, Mac Jones was the best quarterback last year, but we knew that going into the year, we also knew that he had the most limited upside. And so my question is, has he reached close to his peak because he doesn't have the arm talent. We saw that like the ball fluttered a lot. You saw the interceptions, all those things. Now he led his team to the playoffs and they surrounded him with a lot of talent, which is great. And I like Mac Jones, but he, this is a philosophical understanding of, or a difference in what you do with your quarterbacks. Do you want the best quarterback years one, two, and three, or do you want the best quarterback years four through 15? And if, if that's the spectrum in which I'm looking at these quarterbacks, Mac Jones ain't it, um, you know, and again, you know, if I'm doing just the boom, 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 like how would I redraft last year's quarterback class? It would go Trey Lance, probably Mac Jones, then, you know, gosh, I, I got to put Trevor Lawrence there. <laughs> and, I mean, like they're all studs. And let me say this. I would put all five of them, all five of them first in this draft class over 
any of the other quarterbacks. The only one I would change would be maybe Malik Willis over Mac Jones. And again, why am I so low on Mac Jones? I just think that he's kind of close to his ceiling already, and that bothers me. Okay, okay. Uh, and you did mention Justin Fields. The one biggest thing you uh, knocked him on was his uh, – he hangs onto the ball too much. And, and that, clearly you're yeah. right. 36 sacks <laughs> last year. So. Yeah, it did not – he did not. And now he was surrounded by – not a very good offensive yeah. line, poor coaching, you know, fill in the blank. It's almost like what we said about Trevor Lawrence. Did they ruin him? But you saw flashes. You know, I was at the 49ers Bears game. It was pretty early. I think it was week six in the NFL. And man, for two and a half quarters, it looked like he had arrived and then kind of fell apart at the end there. But you saw it with him. But yeah, he's got to trust the scheme. He's got to trust his eyes. We haven't seen him do that through... You know, three years of starting, two in college and one in the NFL. He just gets hit way too much. Yeah, let's hope things change a little bit this year. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's not what we're here for. Just wanted to touch on those guys. It's this class is the one I want to really, Ooh. really uh, dive in on. I put, I gave you a list of guys that we'll talk about. I mean, we've, we've heard the names pretty much mm -hmm. since the get-go because there's only basically a handful of guys in this draft class. But the one guy I want to touch on right now, and this is in no particular order, we'll touch on, you know, how we're going to rank these guys afterwards. But Sam Howell, North Carolina, you know, 6'1", 220. Uh, passing stats were, were, were not bad. Through, oh, just over 3,000, 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Rushing yards, on the other hand, he had 183 attempts, 828 yards, and another 11 touchdowns. Do you is, is he all that he's cut out to be that I'm reading about? Man, you know, you you jump back a year when he had Diami Brown and, you know, his stud running backs, Javante Williams, all these guys, Michael Carter, everybody loved him, and people were talking about him as the number one overall pick. Well, what changed? It, it's the fishbowl kind of theory of quarterbacks. You surround him with great talent, he's going to be great. You take away some of that talent, he's going to struggle. Now, the one thing that I will say that I love about Sam Howell, he'll be the youngest quarterback in the NFL once he's drafted out of this draft class or the previous one. Uh, the second youngest quarterback in the NFL will be Trey Lance. Back, I'm bringing everything back to Trey Lance. <laughs> uh, um, but I like Sam Howell. He's got to get better in the pocket. He can throw the deep ball. It looks good. He's got the body. He's got the mobility. But you've got to get those consistent. One of the things that I think you know, guys like Mac Jones – and guys like, you know, Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo even, is they're able to make those routine throws to put themselves in good situations moving forward. And that's something he struggles with. Uh, he struggles in the pocket. He's got the NFL arm. He's got all those things. But his pocket mechanics, they're not great. And so that's why I'm kind of low on him. Yeah, I've got a third round grade on him. And I don't think that he's a high upside guy, but he's got to sit and learn. Yeah, and that's uh, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. You, I, I have him. I as far as for fantasy purposes go, I think his. You know, he he pretty much his upside is limited. I don't think he'll be more than what a QB two, probably in the NFL. I do. He like you said, he does have all the mechanics to be an NFL quarterback. But yeah, like you said, he is pocket awareness lacks, uh, uh, lacks velocity on some of his throws. He underthrows on the deep ball, even though he does have that arm. He still underthrows uh, quite a bit from what I watched. Um, I, I do feel like he could be a potentially a good starter in the right system. That's the problem, though, right? I don't think it's going to be a situation where you could just throw him into a a system where he's he he can't. If 
can't succeed. And as far as yeah. that goes, you know, RPO RPO offense is probably something that he's going to succeed in in the most from what his skill set is. Right. I mean, my my player comp for Sam Howell is Colt McCoy. Like that that's kind of what he is. You know, he's he's got to be a career long backup quarterback that can maybe step in and do some things. Now maybe he could elevate his play if he's put in a good situation. But again, for as far as fantasy goes, you know, Superflex two quarterback leagues. Yeah, you take a flyer on him. But once you see he goes the back end of day two, uh, you don't see a lot of, you know, third round quarterbacks. Maybe it could be Davis Mills. That's his upside, right? Like uh, that type of production where the end of the year on a bad team, he gets to step in and maybe stake a claim for a starting job. That's best case scenario fantasy wise for him. Yeah, buddy. I'm hoping so. I like Mills. That's I my love team. Davis Mills. That's my team. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. All right. Uh, another guy you mentioned that, that you said you, you you did like is Malik Willis. Uh, he kind of, you know, c- came to light. I didn't really see too much about him up until the combine. Well, I heard, about, I guess, a lot about him going into the combine. And then after that, it kind of just blew up. And now they're talking this. I mean, t- teams could be getting this kid in the top 10. So as far as I, I know, I mean, he's got, he's a dual, the dual threat ability is very good at extending plays, obviously quick release rocket arm, but I find there's a little bit, few more inconsistencies as far as his footwork and form goes. That's kind of, yes. I don't, I'm trying to figure out where, where the, where the, um, the hype is coming from. Well, again, back to this idea of what it, how do you rank your quarterbacks and what do you want out of them? That that draft philosophy. If your draft, if you ask, okay, which one out of all the quarterbacks in this draft class could be a top three quarterback in the NFL? There is no question. It's Malik Willis. The ceiling is immense. One, yeah, let me start by saying this character wise, like this dude's going to win a Walter football or a Walter Payton football man of the year award. Like that's his character. Amazing leadership, amazing in the community. The dude has all the intel- intangibles, just leadership, all that stuff. He's just a great human being. So that check that box, right? And then well, you look that, at, showed, that showed at the combine, didn't it? There's video of him, you know. And that's not the first time shoes. that's yeah, happened either. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I started yeah, looking into a little bit more. He's a good dude. Um, then on top of that, you look at the raw skills. Again, my athletic comp for him is Steve Young. You talk about somebody that's got a freaking rocket arm. Mobility is unreal. Now, he's not huge, right? I think he's 6'1", but you see people just kind of bounce off of him because he's so compactly built. Um, and, and one of my kind of concerns there is he takes way too many hits as well. Similar to Justin Fields because he trusts, you know, at Liberty, he was better than everybody else, but he transferred from Auburn. So he's played, you know, some, you know, SEC style football. He's going to be just fine um, as far as competition level and all those things, but he's got to take fewer hits. He played through a lot of pain, even at Liberty, Um, but his rocket arm is unreal. He's just raw. Uh, You got to get to the point where, he doesn't second guess his vision in the pocket and can deliver from that platform. And if he can do that, he got the big arm, he's got the mobility, he's got the leadership, he's got the off field, you know, all those things. It's hard not to find a way for this kid to be successful. You just got to be patient with them. Uh, do you want Justin Fields rookie year for this guy, which is a strong possibility depending on, cause he's going top 10. There's he's my number one quarterback in the class and he's in a tier all of his own uh, for me. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with you. That's exactly what I said. I said he's definitely going to be the first quarterback off the board. Uh, he could go to pre- the the one thing I do like. He needs to go to a team that runs a high, 
you know, a, a high tempo offense, right. Mm-hmm. You know, designs, uh, designs plays for him to run the ball. And uh, like you said, he's raw. So I think the, his best case scenario would be to sit behind a vet for now and just kind of, you know, get that, uh, you know, get that experience, maybe not for the whole year, but just, you know, sit for just, just to get used to the NFL lifestyle. Right. Yeah. And the game itself. So that's how, how I like it. What team do you think is going to grab him? I think he goes number two to Detroit. If not, then I think uh, number five for the team that just traded up the Saints. I can see the the Saints trading up and packaging their two first-round picks, uh, number four or five, to grab him there. I think he's going early. You've got two quarterbacks that are probably going to go early, and Malik Willis is definitely one of them. And everybody can say, oh, this isn't a great quarterback class. And you're correct. Again, I... I would put four of the guys from last year's class number one over everybody in this list. And maybe even five with Mac Jones. They're close. Him and Malik Willis have very similar grades. Um, I had first round grades on both of them. Uh, I think I had, I think I had Mac Jones 13 last year off the top of my head. I've got Malik Willis number 11 uh, this year. And so they're close, but here's the issue. It's the most important position in the league in all of sports, really, and there are teams that need developmental quarterbacks. Through free agency, you plugged in kind of bridge quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky, Mariota, whatever. You can't build your franchise around them long-term. You have to have something developing. And you look at what the 49ers did this year, where you kept your bridge quarterback, made it to the NFC Championship, and then, oh, guess what, next year? Now we're going to implement this redshirt rookie quarterback uh, in his year two, to take over a quality team. That's what teams want. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, the Alex Smith, the Patrick Mahomes yeah. transit. That's what teams want. Not all teams have it, but you could jump up and grab one of these guys. Uh, Malik Willis would be my prime target. Yeah. And like you said, I do like the fact, I mean, Detroit does have golf still. So, I mean, not the, not the greatest bridge quarterback, but he's capable. He showed last year that, I mean, he, he can win a few games here, or at least keep him in it. Right. So, I mean, right. it's not the worst, worst uh, landing spot for him. Next one is uh, the guy with the small hands. Does that, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kenny Pickett, does that bother you at all? Smallest hands ever. Um, yeah. yeah, it bothers me. And whenever you look at 38 career fumbles, it bothers me even more. When you look at the fact that he has to wear gloves on both of his hands, it bothers me even more. <laughs> yeah, it's a concern. Uh, it reminds me uh, of the old like uh, Burger King commercial with the guy with the small hands who could. <laughs> I don't know if you guys get this up north, but uh, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> now, Kenny Pickett's a player, and I really, really like a lot of things about his game. I dislike a lot of things about his game as well. You know, what does he bring? He brings football IQ and accuracy. So again. Like you could kind of tell whatever you're talking about these guys, what it is that they're missing. He's got a low ceiling from a physical standpoint. Yeah. He's got a powerful arm. Not worried about that at all, but he holds on the ball a little bit too long. He does throw a great deep ball. There's no doubt about that, Uh, but it's just, I don't know. There's not a lot of guys like him that are studs in the NFL. You know, the, the comps that I threw out there whenever I was looking at his athletic profile and playing style were Jimmy Clausen and Chad Henney. Like that's kind of the guy that I see with Kenny Pickett. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me. He could be the first quarterback taken. If, you know, we get to pick six with the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule, Matt Rule recruited Kenny Pickett to Temple. Um, and so, like, it's a perfect kind of pairing there. 
but I'm not the biggest Pickett fan. He's not my quarterback one or two in this class. I have him number three. Um, I like him, and I think he's a good quarterback, but I've got a second-round grade on him. And, man, turnovers are such a big deal. And this dude, it's just, I don't know, man. Now, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Pickett. Yeah, no, the, another thing I saw too, you mentioned about the deep balls, you know, he does need to improve on those, you know, the short, the short to intermediate routes too, he's not very accurate on. So there, there's a lot to dislike about, about Pickett. And he's already, he's going to be 24 years old, his rookie year. This dude's already two years older than Trey Lance, three years older than Trey Lance. Like he's, he's traveled around. So, you know, if you're looking at just time frame and all those things, 24 is not like the end of the world, but that the idea of sitting him for a couple of years, and yeah, I don't know. Getting a, yeah, getting him, getting him out when he's uh, 26 years old. That Which I will say, bit. he is probably one of the more NFL ready quarterbacks right now. Uh, I don't think he's the most. I think that's Desmond Ritter, but he could step in and play his rookie year and perform. I do think he could do that. All right. Well, then let's talk about Desmond Ritter. You mentioned him on last year's podcast. You said out of all the quarterbacks coming into this year. Desmond Ritter last year was your favorite quarterback. So that's obviously number he's number two. Is that what you said? Yeah, I have him number two and I have. So like the tiers that I've created so far, Malik Willis by himself, first round talent. I have second round grades on both Desmond Ritter and Kenny Pickett, uh, but I do have Desmond Ritter higher. Um, And I think he is the most NFL ready quarterback out of everybody. He's got 49 career starts, only lost six games his entire four year career at Cincinnati and played against a lot of power five teams. Um, and what you get with him is just poise, poise and experience. He, he kind of does it all. Everything looks easy. He's just fine in the pocket. And, you know, whenever I was breaking down his 2020 tape because he hadn't decided if he was coming out of the draft last year or not. You know, I, one of the things I, I docked him for was he wasn't getting through his progressions well. Well, go back to this year's tape, gigantic improvement. Yeah. And so that's what you're wanting to see. You're wanting to see improvement in somebody that can, you know, fix some of their issues. Very, very coachable, team captain, uh, back-to-back player of the year for his conference. I like this guy a lot. And, again, like, he's somebody like, – he doesn't get credit for his athleticism a lot. And I think that's wrong. Uh, like Donovan McNabb is a player that comes to mind whenever I watch him. Like maybe a little bit lesser version of athletic wise, but it's not. Dude ran a four five. Like he's got some speed. He's got some size. Six one two eleven. He's built well. Um, and you know you look at again his his hands. He's his hands are two inches bigger per hand <laughs> than Kenny Pickett. Like it's not even close. Um, he's got 10 inch freaking banana hands, which I, I like at quarterback and wide receiver. I like big hands. I do. Yeah. The, you, like you said, strong arm, good athleticism, great yeah. pocket presence. Uh, the one, the one thing I did notice is his, you know, his throwing motion seems to affect his release. Sometimes he has such a long throwing motion. So is that he's something that he arms. can, yeah. Is that something that can, uh, that can be, can he, do you think he can improve on his quick, quicker release? It could. Uh, yeah, the release wasn't my favorite thing about his game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, and you've got to find your kind of bread and butter for how you're going to find success in this league. And for me, I, I, his is poise, pocket presence, which I love. Uh, it just stands in the pocket with a lot of confidence, which, you know, if you go back to the great Bill Walsh, that was, you know, number one or number two, whenever he looked at quarterbacks, pocket presence, that and accuracy. And this guy, like, 
it doesn't seem hard to translate to the NFL that he can win from inside the pocket and he's got the four five two speed in the 40-yard dash to adapt if things go poorly. So I don't think he's like your true dual threat quarterback. You know, he's not going to be in that Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, whatever, but it's there if he gets into trouble. And that's what I like, you know, escape hatch type of mobility. Yeah, agreed. I, I said, like, when I did my overall summary on him, I, you know, he checks off most boxes physically, um, does need some improvement, but I mean, just like all these, all these quarterbacks do. And I, I could see him getting drafted, not necessarily to, to start, but I can see him going into training camp and them having no choice, but to, you know, give this kid the starting job. Right. Yeah. I like him. I, I, I think, you know, personally, if I was drafting and if I was a GM, this would be somebody I would target in the lit at the end of the first round because you get that extra fifth year out of them. Um, and so I, I like him far more than Kenny Pickett. Nice, nice. Okay. Uh, last uh, big name we should talk about is Matt Carell of Ole Miss. Yeah. Matt, Matt Carell, he's the wild card. He's kind of the joker of this whole entire class because – one, he's coming out of like the weirdest system ever. And so it's so hard to grade quarterbacks watching that. It used to be at Baylor, right? And then it was at Tulsa. Uh, now it's, you know, at Ole Miss. It's at Mississippi. Like it's just a weird ass scheme that is almost impossible to grade and translate to the to the next level. But the dude, he just makes plays. It's like Jay Cutler-esque where it's just like sometimes he'll make a throw and you're just like, whoo. Where the hell did that come from? Um, it's just again the consistency's not there. The production's there. All the, the live arm. He's got the competitiveness. He's fun guy. He's a locker room guy. All that stuff. But like, it's funny. Whatever I was talking about, like my player comps, you know, and kind of the players. Allen Iverson kept coming to mind. Like that's <laughs> what it reminds me of. Like this dude just nobody told him he's not supposed to do these things. What's that going to translate to? I don't know. The injury definitely doesn't help. But um, he's a wild card, and he's somebody that's going to be starting or out of the league in three years. Like, th <laughs> there's no middle ground here. It's it's just, are, are you a riverboat gambler or not? Because if you are, you're going to like this kid. If not, run and hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got all the uh, like all all the right. Uh, he, although he's he is undersized a bit, but I mean, you talk about. Uh, the, the mobility, it's not an issue. You know, the quick release, the arm strength's all there. But he is reckless at times too, right? So, yes. I mean, that's, I think, what you're talking about when you're talking about a guy that could be out of the league in three years. Um, and he did. He ran a very, very weird offense in college that I don't think they necessarily run at the, at the NFL level. No, they don't. It, it, it's it's similar to, you know, like the Carson Wentz, okay? Like his his physical things have nothing to do with Carson Wentz. I'm talking mental decision-making process at the quarterback position. Like you saw two teams run Carson Wentz out of town as fast as they possibly yeah. could, not because of, you know, his, his physical traits, but because of the mental ones. And I think if you could get a coach that is strong-willed and confine that, and allow that to develop over time, then I think he could have some success. But if you put throw him in a system and let him kind of do his thing, I mean, it's going to be kind of Drew Locke type story. Like that's what it's going to be. Cool. Right on, man. Uh, well, those are the, like the top five guys that we've that we've been hearing about pretty much uh, through this whole uh, going up to the draft. Another guy I kind of been looking at is uh, 
not the most mobile quarterback. Uh, Carson Strong out of Nevada. <laughs> this guy. I love have Nevada. Have you seen his Q- rushing stats? Yes. Have you seen his rushing stats? 51 <laughs> attempts for negative 208 yards. <laughs> it's it's pretty great. Uh, like it, it's it reminds me of like uh, receptions past 40 years old. And I'm going to butcher this. You guys can look it up. Like you have Jerry Rice who had, you know, like 1500 yards after, you know, the age of 40. The number two player in the NFL and the number three player in the NFL after their 40 with receptions is Tom Brady and like Brett Favre like (laughs) because nobody ever lives that long and they're negative yardage right like on both of them like this guy's crazy Uh, multiple offensive player of the years he's 6'3 226 looks the part exactly that you want and he's fun it's just again you're you're playing with fire you know what I mean? Like Mason Rudolph, this tall, kind of big, whatever. But like, uh, there's something missing in the stew. Like, it's missing something. <laughs> but if you can uh, get that out of him, whatever that is, and help him just to be a routine player, then great. Uh, because he's got the arm, he's got the size, he's got the experience. There's a lot of things you like about him. But the whole time I'm watching him, I'm just like, man, I just I can't see this translating. So it's it's like an incomplete grade. Even though he's played a lot, it's just like I'm not seeing it. You take a shot. I don't even think he goes day two, to be honest with you. I think he's going to fall. Um, now, quarterbacks always get pushed up, but like third round's the earliest this kid should go. Okay, fair enough. And outside of everybody else, is there a, like a sleeper, somebody else that you uh, could see kind of making, not necessarily making a name for himself, but just surprising a lot of people? Man, there's this draft class I don't like. <laughs> yeah, you said so, that last year. I remember you said that last year as well. Next year is going to be good as well. Now, one player that I will say that is intriguing to me, uh, we're going Kent State, baby. Uh, Dustin Crum. And he's just one of those guys that I think is interesting because of his speed and some of those things. Like he ran a 4-7, but whenever you watch him on, on tape, He's fun watch. And like, I want somebody that makes me want to get my popcorn ready and all those things. I don't think it's going to translate. He might not even be drafted, but if I'm taking a swing on a late round guy and I need an extra quarterback, it can't body. Like this is kind of like a Cooper rush type quarterback that I could bring in and let's just see what happens. Let's see if he can kind of catch on. Um, so Dustin crumb out of Kent state. I think that would be a fun one to keep an eye on. Awesome. Thanks man. Well, outside of that, I think we pretty much covered it all. So, Pretty much going to be it for today. So once again, John, thanks for jumping on here. I know you're pretty busy with your with with everything going on and what you have happening at the 49ers Rush podcast. So once again, just tell these guys where we can find you again. Yeah, I'm I'm probably most active on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, Twitter, uh, my handle is at JL underscore Chapman. If you like film breakdowns and film cutups, I, I put a lot of stuff over there. And then again, if you're trying to learn more about football and you love the NFL draft, our Patreon page is probably the best spot because uh, I think we have 300 plus video breakdowns. We have the all 22 coaching tape and I kind of walk you through scheme, players, draft prospects, all that stuff. So if you just type in 49ers uh, Patreon or the first link that comes up, check it out over there. As soon as you join, you get access to everything. 100% guarantee money back if you don't like it. So if you check it out and you don't like it, just message me, complete refund, no issues. Uh, those are probably the best two places to get involved and learn a little bit more about football and why I like these prospects uh, as much as I do. Um, so, yeah, there we go. 
That's awesome. Okay, well, thanks again for listening, everybody. And till next time, peace. Titan caught a pig skin, running down the field. Happy tossing dimes, cop a million dollar deal. Fantasy football, better know it's real. Tune into the podcast, tell us how you feel. We be going live, best believe we talking sports. You may not think it's real, we take it serious, of course. Fantasy football podcast up north. Fantasy football podcast up north. Titan caught a pig skin, running down the field. Happy tossing dimes, cop a million dollar deal. Fantasy football, better know it's real. Tune into the podcast, tell us how you feel. We be going live, best believe we talking sports. You may not think it's real, we take it serious, of course. Fantasy football podcast up north. Fantasy football podcast up north. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.